Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries, a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Today is March the 24th, 2021. Uh, today will be our last lesson on Romans 11, Rightly Divided. Uh, last time we were together, uh, we got down through verse, actually, number 21. Um, so today we're just going to cover verse 21 to the end of the chapter. So in verse number 21, For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. The natural branches, like we said last time, are the Jews who were not spared. Now, if God did not spare them, we need to beware. Uh, the previous verse says that the Gentiles entered into God's plan by faith, not because of anything that they had done. In verse number 20, he says, Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off, referring to the Jew, and thou, referring to the Gentile, standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. And again, I've come to believe that when it is talking about the Gentiles here, it is more of a compare and contrast between the nation of Israel and Gentiledom, or the Gentiles. Not necessarily, not at all, the body of Christ, but Gentiles as a whole. Because it can't be the body of Christ with a threat like this, being threatened to be uh, being told to fear and uh, not be spared, um, you know, talking about the severity of God, that's not grace. So when he's talking about and comparing and contrasting here the nation of Israel with Gentiles, it's not, I, I used to believe, of course, that it was the body of Christ. Long since left that. Then I fell back on, well, maybe he, he's definitely talking about Gentiles here, so maybe he's talking about proselytized Gentiles, because the proselytized Gentiles, they became Jews by faith. They were circumcised. They were under the law, just like the nation was. But no, I backed away from that. I, I think it's just a general uh, description or a general reference to Gentiledom, Gentiles, period. Believing, unbelieving, period. Uh, so when he says in verse number 21, for if God did not spare the natural branches, referring to the nation of Israel, take heed lest he spare not thee. Okay, so Paul is speaking of Gentiles collectively, not individually, just like with the nation of Israel. Sure, there were some that did not believe. The vast majority of them did not believe, but the entire nation stumbled. The entire nation fell as a result of the decisions or of a few. So again, I believe Paul is speaking of Gentiles here collectively, not individually. Um, now verse number 22, behold therefore the goodness and severity of God on them which fell severity, but toward thee Goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. Again, that's not grace language. That There's no way you can convince me that's referring to the body of Christ. Now, let's break down that verse. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell. Who are them which fell? The nation of Israel. Severity 
but toward thee. Thee is referring to the Gentiles. Goodness. If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. So again, the thee in this verse is a reference to the Gentiles. Therefore, it must be a looking forward, if you will, to when the Gentiles will not walk in his goodness and will be cut off as a result of the fullness of the Gentiles that will come in. Verse number 25, it says there, For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindnesses in part happen to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. In other words, there will be a time when the last Gentile comes to faith. And I believe that's the re- that's what it means when it says the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. So again, to say that these verses are speaking of the loss of individual salvation is preposterous. That's not what it's saying. So verse 22 again, Behold therefore the goodness and severity of God on them which fell the Jews. Severity. But toward thee, Gentiles, goodness, if you continue in his goodness, Otherwise, thou also shalt be cut off. In other words, there will come a point when God will stop dealing with the Gentile, and that will be when the times of the Gentiles is done, when the last Gentile comes in, and God will again turn his attention back to the nation of Israel. So again, look at verse 22, 23. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. So if they also, who's they also? The Jews. If they abide not still in unbelief, it's the Jews that were in unbelief, in unbelief, therefore they will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in, look, again. So this this verse is obviously speaking of Israel when they are no longer in unbelief and restored in their covenant relationship with God. Look at verse 24. For if thou were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted in contrary to nature into a good olive tree, now see, there's a compare and contrast there. That wild olive tree is the Gentiles, that good olive tree is the Jew. For if thou, the Gentiles, were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature. Back in verse number 17 of Romans 11 says, And if some of the branches be broken off, referring to the Jews, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakes of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. So the wild olive tree is the Gentiles. So if thou were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, referring to the Gentiles, and were grafted in contrary to nature into the good olive tree, referring to the blessings, the 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 nation of every everything that the promises that nation of Israel walked in that doesn't mean you replace them it doesn't mean you're the your covenant people like they are but you're partaking of the richness and the fatness of the olive tree how much more shall these 
referring back to the Jews, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree, or if you will, grafted back into their own olive tree. So Paul is reverting back to his illustration of the olive tree to show how easily God can graft back in to his plans and purposes his covenant people. So the ones that were cut out of the wild olive tree is a reference to the Gentiles. The point is that if God can take a wild olive tree, the Gentiles, contrary to nature, and graft them in to the good olive tree, how much easier for him to graft back in the original natural branches? That's what Paul is saying there in verse 25. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness is in part happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be coming. So this mystery that Paul is speaking of is the grafting in of the Gentiles into God's plans and purposes, i.e. the olive tree. So I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery. What was the mystery that was hidden in previous ages? The, the body of Christ, that the Gentiles would come to faith, that the Gentiles would be grafted in to God's plans and purposes. So the mystery that Paul is speaking of is the grafting in of the Gentiles into God's plans and purposes prior to the kingdom rather than after, which was foretold throughout the Hebrew Scriptures. Now, what does that mean? Again, plan A was to use the nation of Israel after the nation of Israel had accepted its king and its kingdom to use the nation of Israel to reach the Gentiles. That was plan A. That's what was coulda, shoulda, woulda happened at the presentation of the king and the kingdom at Pentecost. And again, go back and listen to my, my, my studies on Acts. The kingdom was not offered in the Gospels. Therefore, it could not have been rejected in the Gospels. The king was rejected in the Gospels, but the kingdom was not rejected in the Gospels. The kingdom was not offered in the Gospels. The kingdom was offered at Pentecost. So again, plan A was to use the nation of Israel to do this after their restoration. But they refused. So God raised up the Apostle Paul. So back to what I said here. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness is in part happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. Now, again, ignorance of this mission, of this mystery, and that's the big thing when you start rightly dividing. The mystery becomes very important when you start rightly dividing. The mystery, ignorance of this mystery, leads to being wise in your own conceits. Isn't that what he just said? For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits. In other words, saying that God is finished with Israel, or that the church has replaced Israel, physically or spiritually, is to be wise in your own conceits, which means you've deceived yourself. And notice he says, blindness in part. 
Notice he says, For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery. What's that mystery? That salvation has come to the Gentiles. Lest you should be wise in your own conceits. That blindness in part has happened to Israel. What does it mean, blindness in part? In other words, not all the Jews rejected their Messiah. But most of the Jews did. So he says that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. So this blindness is going to be on the Jews until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. And I believe that is when the last Gentile comes to faith. And I believe that this will prompt the rapture of the church and the blindness will then be removed during the tribulation period when, when they will look upon him whom they have pierced and they will realize who Jesus is. Romans 1, 7, Revelation 1, 7 says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye will see him, and they also which pierced him. That's referring to the Jews. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so. Amen. Verse 26 and 27, And so all of Israel shall be saved, as it is written. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob, for this is my covenant unto them, when I will take away their sins. So, and all of Israel will be saved during the tribulation period when God will establish his new covenant with them at his second coming. You see, God didn't hasn't established his new covenant with them. It was rejected. We are not in the new covenant. And again, we erroneously... Think, you know, we, we've divided our Bible between Old Testament and New Testament. The New Testament was offered, but it was rejected. We're not walking. The Jews aren't walking in a covenant relationship with God right now. And, and the covenants, if you've listened to me for any length of time, has nothing to do with the body of Christ. We are not God's covenant people unless you have bitten the apple of covenant theology. And you believe that the church has somehow replaced Israel. And he quotes from Isaiah 59, 20, which says, And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from the transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord, As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, seed, saith the Lord from henceforth and forever. So at his coming, he will establish his new covenant with the nation of Israel. This is what Jeremiah spoke of in Jeremiah 31, 34. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor. And every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Again, that's speaking of the nation of Israel when God went at his second or at the second coming of Christ when he establishes his new covenant with them. Now, interestingly, um, and I just found this recently. 
The ESV translates verse number 26 differently, uh, which I have to admit, I'm not surprised by that. Um, In the King James, it says, and so all Israel shall be saved. In the English Standard Version, it says, and in this way, all Israel will be saved. Again, I believe the ESV is guilty of putting their theology into a translation. Um, Just interesting. In this way, all of Israel will be saved. Um, Like God's going to use the church to save Israel because now the church is Israel. I I think that's a bad translation. ESV is not the only one that does that either. And then notice verse number 28. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. They being who? Jews. You've got to pay attention to the pronouns. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, Gentiles. But as touching the election, who are the election? Who are the elected? Who are the elect? It's not us. It's not the church. It's the Jew. They are beloved for the Father's sake. So the gospel that Paul is speaking of here is the grace gospel. He also says that the Israelites are enemies of that gospel. Why? Because they rejected the same Messiah that the Gentiles had embraced. He also tells them that the reason was for your sakes. The Gentiles. Again, the the whole summary of this chapter is, as a result of Israel rejecting their Messiah, he was offered to the Gentiles. Israel's rejection led to the salvation of the Gentiles. The casting away of them back in verse number 15 was the reconciliation or the reconciling of the world. And then even so they, who's they? The Jews, the elect, are still beloved for the Father's sake. Not anything that they have done, but for his own sake. Again, the only way you're going to walk away with believing in replacement theology is if you do not rightly divide Romans chapter number 11. And then verse number 29, for the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. That means that the nation, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. That means that the nation, the the covenants, the promises that God has made, their election is without repentance. That means that it is irrevocable the promises that God has made to the nation of Israel. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Incidentally, the context here is Israel, not the gifts of the Spirit that some of our brethren try to apply to this verse. It has nothing to do with the body of Christ. Uh, once you got the gift, you always got the gift. No, that, that, that's pulling that verse out of context. That's not what that verse is saying. 
And then notice verse number 30. For as ye in time past have not believed God. Who's ye in times past that didn't believe God? The Gentiles. Now that word believed can also be translated obeyed. For as ye in time past have not obeyed God. Well, belief follows obedience and obedience follows belief yet have now obtained mercy through there. The Jews, unbelief, the Gentiles have obtained mercy. Even so, have these also now not believed that through your mercy they may obtain mercy. For God hath concluded all of them in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. So as a result of there, the nation of Israel's unbelief, the Gentiles have received mercy. Now, personally, I believe that the Gentile obtained mercy because of Israel's unbelief. So too, the nation of Israel will receive their mercy as a result of the Gentiles' unbelief. What am I saying there? Well, the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, let no one deceive you in any way, for the day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of perdition. So what it's saying is that there will be a falling away. There will come a time when the Gentiles as a whole, just like Israel as a whole, has rejected Christ. And that will be the fulfillment of the Gentiles. The rapture will happen, and God will show that same mercy back upon the nation of Israel. So again, for as ye in time past, Gentiles, have not obeyed or believed God, yet now you've, you've obtained mercy, how? Through their unbelief. Even so have these also now not believed, referring to the Jews, that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. And that includes Jew and Gentile. And then the remaining part of the chapter is merely a doxology. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Who can understand it? For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor? Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him? God doesn't know anybody. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever and ever and ever Amen. So Paul concludes chapter 11 with a doxology, which is simply a spontaneous acclamation of praise. I don't know about you, but when you rightly divide Romans chapter number 11, it makes complete sense. If you pay attention to the pronouns, if you realize that the body of Christ is not being referred to, sure, in the peripheral you know, believing Gentiles are the body of Christ, but they are not the subject matter. It's Gentiledom. It's Gentiles. I hope it's been a blessing to you. God bless you guys. Hope you have a great day. Remember, God loves you, wants the best for you, and he's working all things out for your good.